Greetings, greetings everyone. This is Griffin Gaming RPG and welcome back to The Soul Citizens. And uh, we've got a very special show this week. We appreciate you guys dropping in again, hanging out with us on a Sunday evening. And uh, along with me co-hosting today is none other than my good friend Colossal. <laughs> Colossal, you there? Okay, we, the gremlins are back guys. We have had no gremlins for the past couple weeks. I don't know what's going on, but you guys can hear me now, now right? On. Okay, great. Thank you, Cosmic. Um, Anyway, I was just saying that um, uh, the, the title for the show this week is Org Building, the Ultimate Test. And uh, one of the reasons why we invited Montoya on board is uh, the org that I'm in, which is Test Squadron. He happens to be the uh, leader of that group. Uh, also, Colossal is a part of that group as well. And so it was easy to ask him because we'd have to bribe anybody else. And so he came on board and said he would uh, answer some questions today, not just about Test Squadron, but about orgs in particular. So if you guys have any questions about orgs, um, definitely um, use the there's a link that's going to pop up uh, where you can ask questions or you can put it in chat and just make sure you put question in capital letters in brackets, just like they do for uh, Star Citizen. And hopefully we'll catch them when they go by. Um, so we're going <laughs> to standards already starting the questions before we even get started. So uh, let's start real easy. Uh, first off, uh, without giving too much away about your persona. Uh, and uh, thank you for the follow. Uh, without giving too much away about your persona or destroying your mystery man image. Uh, tell us a little bit about you. What is this mystery man image? Yeah, the really? Is that man, how you yeah. see me? Are you? Yes, the mystery who, man. No one who knows. Who does my PR around you? This is terrible. Where'd he come from? <laughs> Where's <is> he going? <laughs> Tell us a little something. Well, before we begin, I just want to say thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, it's been great watching this show uh, grow from its very beginning, which is not too long ago, to uh, what it's become. And uh, I've heard a lot of good things said about you from uh, many different people. Are they paying you? And uh, <laughs> definitely going places. I think you're onto something with this show. It's uh, going to be enormous, gigantic. Thank this you. is going to be huge. We and it's an that. honor being here in the early days of it. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Attitudes that. are done. And now to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> so what, sorry, repeat the question, please. Yeah, well, the question is just tell us a little bit about you. Whatever you want to share, it's, it's up to you. I mean, other than the fact that we know that you're over Test Squad or anything else. Well, it's like when you go on a date and you go, well, tell me about yourself. Like, can yeah. you be more specific exactly? <laughs> Like, do you prefer fish or steak? Because you said, tell me about yourself. I said, well, I like long walks on the beach okay, and well, beautiful sunsets. That's, so that's a good place. Give to me a specific and I'll see if I can answer that. Okay. Well, okay. I tell you what, let me jump into this question. What about you got you into video gaming? Why don't we start with something like that? Tell us that much about it. Oh, uh, I, I've always been, you know, I, same story from people from my generation. You know, my dad came home one day with an Atari and Pong. And remember, you're old. <laughs> remember the yeah. controller, which you had to control the knob like this. And that made the, uh, the little pong thing go up and down. And the paddle. So that's the first game I remember in the Atari. And uh, from there, we got the Apple IIe. Mm. And uh, my dad was good in that he kept up with, I mean, it, it cost a fortune back then in South Africa even. Yeah. Uh, even more uh, to get an Apple IIe. And one the, with the... A and B drive with the drives are stacked and you can put the discs in in both of them. Mm -hmm. That was like very advanced at the time. Um, and uh, he was good that he kind of introduced, he wanted the kids to be comfortable with technology from the beginning. And I guess the easiest way for kids to get involved is games, right? So, um, I mean, what was the earliest games on the Apple II? Wolfenstein? Yeah, oh boy, that's what uh, I'm back. Star Runner, like I'm Choplifter. Yeah. Like all of those, you know? So, I mean, it just, uh, it grew from there. 
Uh, I've always, the computer was always something we had. And like, I was one of the few kids in my circles that even had a computer. And like, all the kids would come over to my place and check out the computer and be involved. So it's always been something which is there mm. in the very beginning. Okay. And, and, and let me ask you this. I know it's not on the question, but was there anything that sparked you toward, you? obviously you have a love for space games. Was there anything that stuck with you that kind of led you into the whole space genre of gaming? I've been a fan of science fiction for the longest time. Um, I think obviously Star Trek is one of the earliest shows I remember uh, where just being in space and exploration and aliens and fighting aliens, I know the original Spock and Kirk, uh, that's what always sparked my interest, more so than, say, uh, fantasy. Mm. Uh, so science fiction has always been first and foremost on my list of interests. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, the original and the new one, I absolutely love. Star Wars, obviously, I mean, everyone goes to Star Wars, but... Uh, yeah, space has always been Space Quest. Thank you, Major Mask in chat. Yes. Oh my God, Space Quest, <laughs> best game ever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've always been interested. Uh, ironically enough, I actually did not know or did not play Wing Commander. Uh, I don't know how mm. I missed that completely. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I never actually knew who Chris Roberts was until uh, Star Citizen. I know it's blasphemy, but uh, <laughs> wow, here we are. That, that's interesting because I wasn't big into it, even though I played it for some reason, it didn't grab me. I only saw the wing commander, the very first one. And I, and I remember elite, but I didn't do any of the other sequels. I didn't do freelancer. I didn't do any of the other games. So I'm, in a way I'm kind of like you, I, I kind of knew about Chris Roberts, but I don't know. I went, I think what happened by that time, I got away from space stuff and went toward, uh, the more dungeons and dragons, kind of the ultimate stuff more than the space stuff back then. <coughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, okay, well, let me hit, hit on to the next thing. Let's move on to talk about orcs, because that's the big thing. We don't want to talk about you. We want to talk about orcs. Um, oh, <laughs> I thought the show was supposed to be on me. Oh, man, I'm no, out of here. Sure. Um, what, what is a gaming organization in the first place? I mean, what is it? In your own definition. Uh, okay, so what is a gaming organization? Yeah. Well, in, in my mind, basically, a bunch of people come together to uh, spend some time playing a game, which requires multiple people working together as a group. Uh, I mean, it morphs into something way beyond that. I don't know how deep you want to get into the topic, but the bare minimum, the essential part of it is just uh, people getting together to share the common love of a game they're all involved in, in the most basic form. Uh, but I mean, it morphs into something more uh, as you spend more time in an org. It becomes where you, you drop in every evening and there's the regulars. And like I drop into chat and I see you and uh, we start chatting and what's happening in your life, you know, what's happening in my life and uh, it becomes like an extended family in a sense. So uh, gaming orgs, I see, have become a modern kind of social groups where, you know, in the old days, women get together for tea parties and uh, chat and stuff. But now some drop into Discord, you know, have a seat and this is after dinner and the kids are in bed and people sit down and, you know, you shoot the shit. Can, can I swear? I'm sorry. What's the policy on swearing? Which I haven't kept up the rules. That's okay. But it becomes a sort of extended family and friends type uh, social circle. That's mm -hmm. what gaming orgs have turned into, in my mind, anyway. That's cool. What, do you see any benefits to, or what? I shouldn't ask you. Do you see? Because obviously you run one. What are the benefits of someone who's in an org versus somebody who kind of plays solo, or you know, just in the gaming community, but not a part of a, an actual, you know, structured organization? What's the benefits of being in an org? Is that the yeah. question? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, obviously the, the numbers, but uh, I mean, if you play Skyrim, 
and you jump into an org that plays Skyrim, and what is the benefit of being in a big org that plays Skyrim, which is a single-player game? Mm -hmm. uh, you can square, you can share uh, screenshots, or maybe there's some new mod coming out that can tell you about it. Beyond that, there isn't much help in being in a large org. But when it comes to a game like Star Citizen, which will one day be a game, totally not a scam, <laughs> not a scam, uh, there'll be a lot of benefit mm -hmm. to having people sitting around ready to jump in at any time to have your back. And as we already see in many ships, you need turret gunners. Uh, the Carrick being a, a classic example of a ship which benefits greatly from having people man the turrets and do activities. I mean, the, a lot of gameplay loops are not in yet. Uh, an engineer will be essential in the near future. But for the time being, um, it's greatly beneficial almost to anyone who has a large ship in this game, Star Citizen, to jump in, hey, hey, I'm taking out my hammerhead. I need some gunners, who's up? And there'll be 5, 10, 15 people saying, yeah, I'm up for it, let's go. Uh, so obviously that is the immediate benefit uh, with regard to Star Citizen in okay. being an organization. And, and, and I, was, I would assume in other MMO, any type of MMORPG benefits, I guess, from that type of situation, if you're in an org. I mean, you mentioned like sharing information, like, you know, patches or images and stuff, but is there other benefits, like other type of MMO games? Are there benefits for that too in orgs? What do you mean other games? <laughs> Fine. What, <laughs> what other, other games, game? right? <laughs> what other games are you possibly well, talking I mean, about? What we see happening naturally in our own, obviously our organization, Test Squadron, was founded and started for the sole purpose of playing in uh, Star Citizen, but because Star Citizen is taking so long, no one expected eight, nine years of development here, 15 years it will be. Uh, we've branched off. I mean, I see right now there's people playing Elder Scrolls, there's people playing um, World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. uh, I was playing Escape from Tarkov with Munkin just the other day. And like, people splitting off and playing all other games already. Okay. Uh, while we all wait for Star Citizen. But Star Citizen is like our, our bread and butter. We will come back to that. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely been very beneficial to having a large group of people involved here just okay. to. Blasphemy. I don't know what you're talking about. I played just Star Citizen. <laughs> that is a dedicated that, test. That's team. why you will soon be the leader of test. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. <laughs> well, what, let me ask you that then. What made you decide to create a, a gaming org anyway? Because, I mean, from what I've seen, it's no small task. What, uh, what made you even decide to. What, what, let me ask you this. Where did you move from that made you to come here and decide to make a, a gaming org? That is a great question, and uh, I, I don't think I really thought it through. It wasn't my, I didn't see Star Citizen go, yeah, I want to make an organization in that. That's what I want to do. Uh, it was not highly on my, you know, very high in the list of things I wanted to do in life. Um, I kind of just fell into it, I think. Um, when Star Citizen started, said they're going to create organizations and allow people to have groups, like, okay, so you know what, I'll... Uh, start a little group up. This is before they had the official orgs on Spectrum. And I thought maybe, you know, we'll get 10, 20, 30 people and we'll have a cool group and do stuff. But beyond that, I didn't really give it much thought. It wasn't really an intention to, my intention to go beyond that. Uh, but hey, you know what? Life throws these opportunities at you and this is where we are. Okay. Um, did you, I mean, did you just decide to say, just doing it to get some friends together? Or did you have some intention of actually growing it into something? That kind of happened organically uh, at the time when we started this. There were a couple of large groups that already existed, um, Imperium being one of them. At the time, Imperium, I guess we don't hear much from them anymore, but back in the day, Imperium was the gold standard. They had 3,000 members. Chris Roberts was a member of their forums. They had this beautiful branding and just everything done so nicely. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I mean, I don't, I don't think we'd be would ever get anywhere near that. I thought, all right, you know what? We'll have a, a, a subreddit. We have the uh, r slash test squadron subreddit, and we'll have a couple of people in the subreddit, and they'll be our organization. Didn't really think past that. But uh, what happened was we put out, well, I and Sung, initially the, the first two uh, founders here, uh, were putting out just propaganda, like, you know, funny images, funny memes, uh, little short clips of edited video, and no one else at the time was doing that. And we got a massive, very positive reaction to that. Mm. And people were saying, you know what? I, I like the way these guys are doing things. Like, I want to hang out with these guys. And so when we had 50 members join, then 60, then 70, and it became 100. And we realized that, you know what? There's people looking for a group to be a part of, and no one's actually putting themselves out there and putting out this kind of propaganda or media uh, to show people, like, hey, this is what we're about. Come join us. Uh, well, it's happening now, but back then there was no such thing. And uh, yeah, we're just right place, right time, and we seem just uh, hit on the right chord and uh, it grew. Okay. And and how did Star Citizen become? I mean, you mentioned earlier, and you alluded to this, that that players do play other games. I know, like you said, World of Warcraft. We've got people playing Ark. We've got people playing Tarkov. Um, has has the general idea been to keep Star Citizen the central focal game for the org? Sorry, your audio cut off there, Griff. Can you repeat? Oh, it did? I'm so sorry. I said, I know you mentioned a little bit about this earlier, that there are different games that are being played, World of Warcraft, people playing ESO, Tarkov. Was it also, like, was, was Star Citizen always to be the central focal point and these other games kind of revolve around it? Or did you eventually say, well... We're getting more numbers for Star Citizen. Let's make that the main thing. Well, initially, uh, you're cutting out towards the end of your sentence there. I'm sorry. I, I heard most of it. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the org was founded specifically for Star Citizen. Okay. Uh, there wasn't anything else we were doing. Mm -hmm. At the time when we started this thing, it was 2014, 2013, I forget which year it was. But uh, back then, we were under the impression, under good authority, that the game would be out in 2014. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe 2015 if it took a bit longer. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the test was specifically created for Star Citizen. But as we waited and waited and more people joined, we've kind of split into many other games uh, that people are playing for the meantime. But I fully expect that once Star Citizen does launch, uh, obviously that is the, the bread and butter and what we're doing most of it. And Colossal's been very quiet. so. Should we open up to him or is this? Well, yeah, he, listen, on? listen, listen. You're a guest. Don't produce. Listen. He's, oh, <laughs> I got Cosmic producing. Tell I got you producing. All the test people are producing. Colossal I'm not being used. Colossal is number seven, so he's next. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just keep looking at the cute, fluffy-looking gun. You know, he's basically telling you something. You're going to answer the questions. Yeah, I'm going to be quiet now and let Colossal talk. Go ahead, Colossal. <laughs> Well, Montoya, uh, first of all, it's great to have you on the show. And it's nice to meet you. Of it. it's, it's good to finally start to ask you the questions now instead of being on the other <laughs> side of the shoe. But <laughs> one of the questions often asked about Test Squadron is, are you the same test as an Eve? And is there any connection or relation to that test, to that org? That is a wonderful question, and the answer to that is no, there is no connection. Now, obviously, the name Test uh, was synonymous with EVE until we... Actually, no, uh, there were other Test groups which existed before we came along. Uh, we actually, we, I, and a couple of other people, when we started playing Star Citizen, were in a group called Test Platoon, 
Wow, it's been a long time. <laughs> Test Platoon was a group of guys playing uh, Planetside 2. And they, those guys were, they split off from EVE to focus on Planetside 2 and they made Test Platoon. And when I started playing Planetside 2, I was playing with them. Uh, then there was a group of guys called Test, not Test Ninjas. They were playing World, uh, not World, um, Warframe. And okay. there was a Test Clan in Warframe also. Um, and but they had nothing to do with Test Eve either. They were guys that came from Test Planet side. Mm. Uh, so when I saw Star Citizen and we started off a group there, uh, there was actually zero connection to Eve at all. Right. Uh, and the name Test kind of implied also, hey, the game's in alpha and we're testing the game. So it kind of just made sense. You know, there was no intention to say we, nor did we ever claim we're part of any evil group at all in that. But, um, that's kind of where it sprung from. Uh, right. So, I mean, the Planetside 2 clan, I don't think, uh, I don't know if they're around. They might be, I haven't kept in touch. The Warframe, Warframe clan disappeared. Uh, and I guess we're one of the offshoots from the Planetside group that uh, became this. Right, right. So, so in other words, to be clear, the Test Squadron is in no relation, the Test Squadron in Star Citizen is in no relation to the Test that's in EVE. Absolutely no. There's no connection. Um, I mean, we get people who come by and go, "Hey, you guys from Eve?" Going, we're not, you know. And they say, "Well, I was in Test and Eve," and I say, "Well, okay, we're not the same Test." Uh, and sometimes they come here looking for the Eve group. Uh, it's rare. Um, most uh, Eve players remain in Eve, uh, but uh, it's pretty much known by now that there's no connection at all in that sense. You've heard it here first, and so said No, I've said this a thousand times. Hold here first. <laughs> <laughs> So now that we got that cleared up, because we had a whole bunch of wonderful people in the world who always try to sit there and try to make that connection. There is no connection, folks. Mm -hmm. Number eight. Well, you want to get you want to get more complicated, okay? Imperium, oh. which are only the goons in Eve. There's an Imperium in Star Citizen. <laughs> right, right. And so I've had people go, "Hey, you guys are fighting Imperium," and I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" He goes, "You fight Imperium." I'm going, "What game are you referring to?" Because there's a, an Imperium group in Star Citizen that is not in any way connected to EVE also. Mm. So it's very confusing in that sense. I can understand. Absolutely. Okay. And how is Test Squadron, uh, how was Test Squadron created and with who? Wonderful question. Um, so there's a button that says create org and I pushed it <laughs> and it says enter org name. Uh, and that was, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Does it answer the question? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah the other thing is, um, is there, because the, the, the community so, that you've built is so all right, impressive so in, I, in size, I started, right? Thanks, so August. when they said there would be organizations in the game one, they'd be like, oh, really? So uh, let me see, you know, test, test squadron, you know, squadron 42. Uh, oh, by the the 999th, which are the in-game lore test squadron, which is very cool coincidence again. <laughs> but uh, Test Squadron, I mean, it said Squadron 42, and we tested the game, so Test Squadron is the name. I said, that sounds cool. Like, can I possibly get some... I had no friends anyway that wanted to be involved in this. And I went onto a bunch of different gaming subreddits, and I was posting, hey, I'm starting a group in Star Citizen. Uh, does anyone want to join? And people said, no, I'm not interested. The game is a scam. never going to happen. And I got one response on Reddit from this guy named Citizen404. And he goes, yeah, this uh, Star Citizen thing looks cool. Let's do it. And, okay, so uh, off we went, and uh, I registered the website, and uh, we stuck up some forums. So uh, Citizen 4.4 and I were, I guess, the members one and two. 
and uh, we took it from there. Wow. Any other, um, uh, any word on who are the other two? The other two? Uh-huh. Uh, as far as the creators, the other two creators. No. Uh, uh, there's no <laughs> other two. I don't know about any other two. <laughs> That's news to me. <laughs> Chief of all chiefs. All right. So with, with that being the case, um, Test Squadron um, arguably is one of the largest organizations in Star Citizen, perhaps the largest organization in Star Citizen. Could you elaborate more on that and how uh, you've been able to successfully achieve that in terms of uh, the growth and in terms of the size? And could you also elaborate as to how many members you have currently uh, in the game? Yes. <laughs> Drink your water. Hey, thanks, OM1, and yeah. thanks, Scuba Steve, for the host. <laughs> um, at uh, 19,350, as of earlier, it's probably the same number right now, is where we're at. Uh, majority of these members came along in the early, early days. We're talking 2014 to 2016 uh, is where the bulk of it came in. Um, as far as our size, uh, we are, depending on how it's calculated, I mean, we approached uh, Guinness Book of Records and we asked, hey, like, are we the largest org in the world? And they came back to us a couple of months later and said, yes, you are. So it's sweet. Okay, so we'll take your word for it. Uh, I know there's larger groups in other games, but those groups are specifically maybe coalitions and alliances between other groups also. Uh, but according to Guinness Book of Records, that is a record we do currently hold and we're very proud of. Uh, it's obviously taken a lot of work to get to the point there, but it is a, a proud matter of fact. Wow. Uh, sorry, the other question was? The other question was basically how are you, are you, know, are you proud of that achievement? How How... Uh, how did you come by um, maintaining such a, a, a large membership? And also, Major is asking, um, uh, when can we get t some test squad? Uh, we do have a merch, starting with the last question first. Uh, Test.gg uh, has a link to merch there where you can get a beautiful hat like this. Uh, I know there's been some delays because of the uh, COVID-19 situation. I haven't checked it recently, but uh, the merch stores should be up and running uh, from that site over there. Uh, but as far as uh, running and maintaining, uh, so if you can repeat the, the earlier question there for me again. Well, um, how happy are you with your current membership size? Um, how happy are you about maintaining that membership size? Um, and um, are you impressed with the uh, growth that you've had with? I, what's, what's been impressive is the, uh, yes, okay, so uh, thank you for the wonderful question. What's been impressive is the growth of Star Citizen and the amount of people coming this past uh, week. We had the Invictus event, which you all know, uh, and we saw a massive influx of new people joining not only TEST, but uh, coming to back the uh, Star Citizen project with record funding on top of that too. So as people join Star Citizen and they filter down and find the orgs which they like, we end up getting a lot from that too. So there's definitely a massive amount of members who join because they, they find Star Citizen, they're going, okay, what orgs should I join? They, they find branding they like, or they find other material which I find interesting, and in they go. So as far as outreach and propaganda from us, obviously there's uh, my Twitter account, which I started recently, and I post pretty pictures of things we do, of ops that we do. Excuse me, I got hiccups, excuse me. <laughs> and um, again, as I mentioned briefly earlier, our early success was because we hit up social media, uh, YouTube, and Twitch. 
much earlier than anyone else did. We had a very active stream team at one time, uh, the Test Gaming stream team, which Griffin, by the way, is uh, kicking off again. And uh, a large part of our growth was uh, attributed to the success of early streamers in Star Citizen, uh, finding their way to streamers, finding their way from the streamer to what org they belonged to, which was a test, and they made the way here. Uh, my YouTube channel, um, which is the most awesome channel on all of YouTube, uh, for Star Citizen, uh, board gamer is real bad at what he does, and uh, he's just like the viewership. He does. <laughs> but um, every time I put out a video, uh, you know, I, I get 10, 15 people saying, Hey, I saw your video, I really like uh, what you guys are doing, and they join. And I'm always very grateful, and it's nice to have people reach out and say that they, they like what they see and they join because of that. Uh, so it's become, in essence, a, a real um, media and propaganda type learning curve. To understand, you know, what you put out, what people like, and listen, not everyone likes it. Some people go, "I watched your stuff, and it's absolute crap." I'm leaving test. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that happens too. Uh, but overall, yeah, it's been an interesting lesson in uh, marketing. I guess that would be the overall term for it. It's a lot of marketing. Let me cut in real quick. Uh, OM1, Dr. Drones, Community Manager Steve, uh, Versecon, Texas. Hey guys, Major Static, and Skate Jerry Skate. Thank you guys for the hosts. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Klaus. Now, Test Squadron has had a reputation as being the bad boys of the verse to the drunken idiots who fly Auroras, uh, which is correct. And if none of those are correct, how do you personify Test Squadron? That is a marvelous question because I was actually talking to a Test member who has not been on for a long time. He dropped into chat yesterday and we were catching up. And he goes, this place is different. And I said, yeah, uh, some things have changed since 2015. You guys may remember Iron. He's uh, one of the fastest and top races in Star Citizen, also a yeah. member of Test, who has kind of been AFK for four years. And he dropped in, like a lot of members do. They go, you know, it takes a special kind of idiot to stick around for eight, <laughs> nine years in Star Citizen. Majority of people who I hung out with in 2014, 15 in the org have not disappeared, but kind of gone off to other things. But they drop back in every once in a while saying, hey, this patch looks good. I'm thinking of coming back soon. Some come back and they stay. Others just try the patch and they leave and they're waiting for a full game. Can't blame them. <clears throat> and um, what uh, Iron said, which ties into your question, he goes, this place is different. I said, yeah, because things have changed. Uh, there's people here who are 16, 17 years old when they joined, who now have finished university and are on the way to become doctors and lawyers. Yeah, wow. uh, there's guys like me who have uh, popped out two kids in the meantime and uh, you know, are now family men. And so before we were all like, yeah, we're gonna, when we had like three, 400 members, we're gonna be the griefers. We're gonna be those guys who just ruins everyone's day and stuff, citizen because it's just fun to do. And as we grew to like five, 600 members, there'd be some people going, you know what? I'm not really into trying to be a pirate or trying to ruin someone's day. I just wanna kind of do uh, transport, logistics or mining. And we'd be like, okay, like we can do that. And as our numbers grew and grew, it became more apparent that not everyone wants to be in that kind of, you know, these guys go around drunk and just blow up ships everywhere. People wanted to play other aspects of the game. And so recognizing what the community was saying and how the changing needs of our community uh, was um, affecting our, not, not affecting it, but uh, as more people joined us, more people wanted to do other things. And we have to not change direction. I mean, we still have a pirate part of the org and we have the drunken Friday part of the org and we're the logistic guys and mining guys. We've kind of gone into divisions and every division has its own persona, its own leadership and its own way to do things. And so we've kind of catered to everyone. So are we the group that 
is the same group as 2013? The answer is no, but also yes, that exists, but not as an entire org. It's a small part of a division down the line. Absolutely. And Cosmic Trader, um, by the way, said he joined when he was 12 years old. And if if that's true, then my name is spelled uh, Aunt Jemima backwards. <laughs> no, that's true. I remember Cosmic when he went to puberty. It was amazing. <laughs> so one thing that I've noticed um, uh, being in test is the heart of this very next question, basically, is what, what makes test unique from other gaming orgs? Hmm, good question. I should have looked at these questions ahead of time to give you a proper <laughs> answer. <laughs> but uh, in, in my experience, in other orgs, it really comes down to uh, who you surround yourself with. Um, every org kind of has its own feel, its own memes, its own minutia. Uh, obviously, leadership uh, affects that too. Uh, Test has the best leadership, magnificent. The best. Everyone says the leadership in Test is absolute best there is. <laughs> Everyone knows. Uh, <laughs> it comes down to a lot is essentially the uh, the members because you come into a chat room you're surrounded by 10 15 20 other people uh these are the people who set the tone for the org right. and uh, every org has its own you know unique personalities um i mean people come in to just last week some people came in and he goes yeah i'm looking around for organizations i want to see what you guys are about to go so he asked should i join test and i go listen i can't tell you if you should join test or not there were, there were about 20 of us in the chat room in discord at the time i said these are the guys you know and uh, this guy's from alabama and this guy's from california and uh, you know we just have some small chit chat and i said beyond that i can't tell you if this is the org for you uh you know shop around if you don't find anything else we're always here and that's it uh, and so, again, orgs, as much as a leader may try push an org in a certain direction, it really comes down to the, the active users, the guys who are in there every single day. You know, they set the tone. So, overall, I would say we've got a great batch of people. Uh, did I answer the question there at all? <laughs> yes, you did. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, okay. you basically gave a segue to the next question. Speaking of joining test, um, how does someone become a member? Uh, and is there a criteria for joining Test Squadron? Yes, there has to be uh, above average intelligence, at least. <laughs> <laughs> we become very strict as we've gotten bigger. <laughs> uh, no, one of the things I wanted to do with Test, uh, now this comes actually from an experience I had in EVE. Now, when I joined, this is like 2007 or something, uh, this game EVE was popular. I said, okay, I want to jump in. So I wanted to join some corporation. And they said, no, you can't join. You have to actually sit in the waiting room and have an interview. My mouth is dry. <laughs> so here I am. I think I was, what, 23 or 24 at the time. And uh, I had to sit in, this, uh, in a TeamSpeak room and wait for someone to call me to go for a one-on-one -on -one interview. And so after three hours of waiting, you know, and like I, I was working nine to five job, I came home, you know, and like my time is precious to me. I want to hit the gym. I've got dinner to make. There's things to do. I was waiting in a, in a waiting room and uh, I get pulled down and the guy goes, hello, uh, welcome to whatever this uh, corporation's name is. And my name's so-and-so. And I want to ask you some questions. Like, okay, uh, what's your favorite TV show? So okay, my t favorite TV shows, whatever it is. And just a whole bunch of ridiculous, stupid questions to see if I'm a good fit for their stupid corporation in the game. And at the end of the interview, it's like, congratulations, oh, we definitely want you to join. Like, thanks a lot. But I, I lost the drive to be involved because 
it was all of like three hours of waiting, an hour interview with some 16-year-old asking me a stupid question. <laughs> and I just didn't want to be involved at that point. Uh, so I said, you know, when we started test, we actually were considering what's going to be the criteria to be part of this org. It's going to be exclusive. You know, are there certain things we expect of members? And we decided, no, you know what? Just click and join. If you fit in, you do. If you don't leave, there's no requirements. There's no nothing you need to do and just hang out. Um, and it was kind of something we debated upon for a long time, whether it would work or not. But uh, here we are. So I guess it worked so far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has. Um, I got to ask this question, though. This question is just just to pop up. Is it an 18 and up org? Huh. Hmm. Yeah, well, technically, yes. We've had a 16-year-old join. Like, I was, how old are you? And he goes, I'm 16. They go, okay, uh, you need parental consent. <laughs> so the guy goes, Mom, can I join this org? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you can, honey. It's like, okay, parental consent. It's good. You're in. <laughs> But typically, uh, 18 plus, um, just for the sake of, you know, we don't want uh, squeakers and young kids around. I mean, not that there's anything bad happening in chat. There's no adult content. But uh, typically, it's better for the sanity of everyone. Right, right. Absolutely. Now, um, now I'm quite sure a lot of us have done this and... Joshua H2 in the chat, gifting subs. Thank Woo! you, Scuba Steve. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Bring it on, folks. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, anyway, am I supposed to get paid for being here? Because I'm not getting paid. Wow. Get paid through wealth. <laughs> they get paid through wealth and knowledge, and you get paid through the love that we give you with questions. Uh, that's worthless to me. But anyway, let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the gift uh, description. Running a game org seems to have its ups and downs. Um, Thank you, Cosmic. And what are the most common issues that arise when, you, uh, when you're leading an org? Hmm. For those potential org leaders out. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't speak shiver. for all orgs, but uh, the biggest and most common issue we run into are interpersonal conflicts. Um, in order for an org to run efficiently, you need people to get along. And when people uh, don't get along, that causes a lot of problems. So uh, most of my day is essentially spent uh, talking to people, um, not necessarily mediating arguments but um you know just chatting people have concerns people have arg arguments uh, i had a fight with this guy in chat and i speak to him and i speak to this guy's so a lot of just trying to smoothen things out between people because uh, for an org to run smoothly people need to enjoy being around each other and once you don't enjoy being around the person next to you then that causes problems uh small orgs probably won't have that much of an issue but an org outside outside does and so until such time where we can hire a full-time HR. I'm telling Griff, like, you should be our HR. Like, I'll pay you a dollar a day. <laughs> right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, the, the biggest hurdle and challenge we run into almost daily is just uh, dealing with uh, conflicts between people or members in the org. Mm. You see yourself being almost like a counselor? Well, hmm, I guess that would be it. I mean, I don't see myself as a counselor. I just uh, see myself as... You know, what people come to me with an issue, I heard someone has an issue, I approach them and I go, what is it I can do to make things better? Is there anything within my power? I mean, obviously I can kick and ban and do what I want, but I'd rather not. If uh, two people, and it, this happens all the time, there's people who just don't get along. I don't expect everyone to get along. I mean, I can't stand being in the same room as Griffin. Everyone knows this. So if I'm in a certain chat room and Griffin's in the other chat room, okay, we'll, we'll just change rooms. Uh, so I tell people, it goes, yeah, I hate this guy. He's obnoxious and loud. I can't stand. Go to the other room then. You know, your options, well, I can't force you to stay in test. 
make it work, don't make it work. Like we, we offer advice where we can. Right. Uh, sorry, the most we can do. Right, right, it's interesting. Um, so my last question to you, Montoya, at least on this segment, because it seems like I had the toughest one so far. <laughs> <laughs> With Star Citizen being a game in development for over eight years, uh, it's amazing how many orgs have already formed around it, literally thousands of org, uh, orgs out there. How do you keep players in Test Squadron active while you wait for the full game to be released? I think you answered it a little bit earlier, but if you can uh, um, um, basically talk about it again, how, how do you keep players in your community active while waiting for the full game to be released? Wonderful question, Nim. And uh, I have a lot of sympathy for the smaller organizations um, that are struggling through this, especially with uh, long waits between patches sometimes. Sometimes the patch is very buggy. And there's generally, I would say, uh, the 10% rule, that if you have a 1,000 members in your org, roughly 10% might be on at any one time and active in an active game. Um, we have the benefit of being extremely large, and we always have people in. There's been times we've had five, 600 people in chat, and there's been times that we have 50 people in chat. That really fluctuates based upon um, the patch in the game, and it's yeah. a challenge. Uh, and I'm really you know, impressed how a lot of these organizations have kept engaged throughout these years. Uh, it's insane that we are waiting around for a game for as long as we have. But then again, look at what we have in this game so far. I mean, every single time I log in, and uh, you know, I did a bed logout, so I wake up in orbit around a planet, and you get out of the bed, and you look out the window, and there's just this beautiful view of this moon or planet below you, uh, it still impresses me every single time I've done it. And I don't yeah. think I'll never stop being impressed by it. And there's a lot of people who feel the same as me. Every time you log in, they go, wow, like this is, you know, we re remember why we're here. And um, obviously the challenge is keeping people engaged. And we're just very fortunate that we have a lot of people who are very engaged in the game that don't need encouragement or reason to. And uh, we surround ourselves with like-minded people and uh, here we are. Yeah. I got to send a shout out real quick. Testies, somebody really special just came into the room, special in a good way, not the other special guys. Moonshiners, you guys give a shout to Moonshiners. <laughs> China! That's awesome. So Welcome good back. To see Moonshiners, awesome, awesome. Love it. <laughs> All right, well, listen, Montoya, real quick, uh, if you can, uh, talk a little bit about uh, structure in the sense of, I don't mean just in the sense of Test Squadron, but if you want to talk about, you know, do you think that, how structured should orgs be? You alluded to the fact that earlier when you had that interview, it was kind of like almost a put off because it was like too much, like over the top, right? Um, any thoughts on structure when it comes to organizations pulling themselves as far as their structure and putting themselves together? Yeah, this is actually um, something that we find out by trial and error and uh, a lot of smaller orgs are existing. I think all orgs have run into this at some point or another. And there's always going to be people with ambition within organizations who want to climb up the ranks and have be the, some people want to sit in the captain's seat, other people are perfectly happy being in the turret gunner or they want to be an engineer. And uh, I see you just put an image up on um, the stream there. I don't know where you got that. that you're not supposed to show that, that secret, <laughs> but once it, it's up anyway, so let's take a look. So uh, obviously to run an organization this size, uh, we do need divisions. And I touched on that. I said, you know, there's going to be like drunk squad. Like these are the guys going out and just, drinking and initially the whole of test was supposed to be that you know just messing around and just having a good time until a guy joined and he goes listen i'd love to be a part of test but um i don't really drink so i'm not sure if i can be 
participate in your events. And I said, no, 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 you don't have to actually drink to be part of Drunk Squad. Uh, you know, you, we can do other things. And so having divisions within organizations are essential. Uh, I see the ones you put up there. We actually haven't activated a lot of them. Um, Yellow Jackets, we do have. Rock Raiders, we do have. The rest are kind of on hold. Uh, Eastern Block was active. I don't know if the guys are still at it. But the rest of them are kind of on hold for the time being because once you start dividing up in divisions, there's going to be infighting within that division. There's people who want to come up the ranks. There's people who are pissed off how the guy leading it did not do a good job and they want his job. And it just leads to a lot of um, conflict and infighting down the line, which is good because you want the, the cream to float up to the top. But at this early point with no actual game, it doesn't make any sense for people in... Um, like bounty crazy. hunters to be fighting i remember you saying that before that that was part of the issue if there was no game mechanic it really made no sense to even begin opening those up is that still right to some extent yes um but once the, the problem is because we're not playing the game 24 7 there'll mm -hmm. be a time when i'll wake up in the morning i'll log in i'll wake up on the bengal carrier and there'll be things to do the whole day. We have to watch out these mining guys here. We have to send people to fight people over there. We need to go exploring a new area over there. There'll be things to do the entire to keep us busy. Without things to keep you busy, what do you do? And what happens is what we found in our experience is it's a lot of conflict with, between people as they fight over each other to increase the rank within their own divisions. And so I find that I like ambition. I think it's good, but at the same time, I would rather have that kind of ambition and competitiveness once the game is out, not now when there's no game. Mm, okay, that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> um, yeah. Another thing you alluded to earlier, were you gonna say something, Cosmic? I'm sorry. No, no, no okay. go, ahead, go ahead. One of the things you talked about earlier was your early use of YouTube memes, uh, we, we, we call it propaganda. Uh, this is an example of it. It uh, kind of represented what Tess was supposed to be about, you know, the whole thing with Aurora's. Uh, the roars blotting out the sun, beer, you know, having a good time. Uh, how important was propaganda? And, 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 and I know you've talked about wanting to rebring that back a little bit, not because of, we need to grow, but maybe is it because it's just part of our DNA as an org or what? Uh, yeah, we were heavy on the, hmm, I guess my style of propaganda is uh, hitting other orgs and uh, other org leaders. But I guess that ties into having a game again because some of them are good sports about it. You know, like we would bash corporation mm -hmm. and like they'd bash us back. And like, yeah, like that kind of back and forth conflict was good. But uh, it, again, without the game, it was also taken wrong in many ways. Like, like, hey, Montoya, like, why are you being such an asshole? You know, what did that guy ever do to deserve this? And I'm like, listen, it's just for, it's fun for the game. But that, I think that'll come in time. Uh, so we haven't done that kind of propaganda. Uh, I think there'll be plenty of time for it once the game comes out. Uh, the propaganda we have at the moment, essentially, you know, I'll tweet out pictures and fun events. Uh, I'll post uh, images on our forums, on a YouTube video. I'll cover things we did, an event we did. And uh, that's been the extent of it for now. But obviously, uh, propaganda come and goes. Uh, I'm looking forward to the day where there's more conflict between organizations in the game itself uh i feel mm. that's where we'll really shine and uh we're ready for it we've practiced it we have tons <laughs> of material ready to go <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. And in the last area I want to ask you about, and someone already asked about this earlier about, you know, swag. Uh, but Tess does uh, have a, a certain aspect of, you know, items, souvenirs, marketing pieces. Uh, and I'm not sure that every org is able to do this. I mean, I'm sure there may be orgs. And I've seen, I know we've gone to CitizenCon. We have seen some orgs that have T-shirts and things of that nature. Um, how big is it, is marketing? Because we don't really push it that much in, in, in our org. I mean, we know it's there. But it's not like there's always this constant thing of, hey, go buy some stuff. Um, and, and here there's a picture of Captain Richard. This was at Citizen Con, I think, uh, when we were in Austin. Uh, and he's dressed to the nines. He's even wearing yellow and black. Uh, talk a little bit about that as far as marketing. Before Montoya oh, steps yeah. in, I'd like to thank, thank uh, Test Squadron for some of those um, uh, paraphernalia. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you weren't supposed to get any. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that kind of ties into the marketing. Uh, so everything you see there was actually um, put together by Seth. Uh, we were going to CitizenCon, and he goes, do you guys have swag? And I said, no, we don't have swag. Like, what do we need? Like, give someone a sticker. I was, no, no, I'm going to get swag. I'm like, okay, go ahead. So I thought maybe he'll get some stickers and a lanyard, but he went all out and got a whole bunch of stuff and put them to bags uh, himself. So mm -hmm. uh, a big shout-out to uh, Seth for organizing all that. Um, prior to prior to, to uh, uh, CitizenCon, I'd actually never been to a gaming convention in my life. So I really had no idea what was involved and what would be needed. Uh, other people had been, so that's why they were hitting me up, going, "Yo, what are we doing? Like, what are we wearing? Is everyone wearing the same shirt? Is there a swag table?" And I was like, "I have no idea, guys." So, <laughs> uh, so I think really hit our stride in the uh, the last season con in uh, Austin. Um, wait, there was one after that. Oh, what was the most recent one? Well, Austin was the one that we no, two years ago. Oh my God, what's happening with time? Yeah, I know yeah. it's that long. Yeah, Imagine. yeah. Uh, awesome. Manchester, right? So oh, we had a table there. Oh, that's um, right. That's right. Munken was there. Maya was there. Mm -hmm. uh, at the table, the table we had set up in Manchester wasn't as extensive. I think we still had the same stuff there. But uh, the last big one was Austin, and we went all out with the uh, merchandising and all that. But uh, see, here's the thing: the the merchandise and everything we have for marketing isn't really to attract new members. It's like for our new men for the existing members mm. um so i guess again once we are close to actually a full game being released we'll kind of shift the marketing out to more of attracting new people to test mm -hmm. uh, for the time being all of our marketing is mostly internal and uh, just providing existing members with um, thanks and uh, shirts and whatever we can uh, to thank them for being here and being such great members of test if you don't mind me asking, what's been the biggest item that people have done to support the org? Has it been the it, one thing that's not there is the beer mugs that you guys were doing, and you guys were doing, if I'm not mistaken, shot glasses too, if I'm not mistaken. What was probably the biggest thing? T shirts, hats, what was the biggest thing that people probably ordered? The biggest selling item? Yeah. Hmm. Honestly, I have not checked the store on what the sales numbers are, but before events, uh, a good number of shirts are sold. Uh, you know, it's not a rule, but it is cool when you're at a test event and everyone's wearing a shirt with a test logo on it. It looks great in pictures as if we know what we're doing. It makes it look impressive. So uh, <laughs> we do sell a fair amount of shirts. Uh, we also have a fair amount of shirts we give out mm -hmm. at events. Um, I, I would guess, no, actually, the mugs have done well, too. Uh, we haven't done mugs in a while, though, because uh, mm -hmm. the Ninja Girl, my wife, uh, there you go, Shina just mentioned it. Thanks, Shina. Mm -hmm. Ninja Girl is the one actually does the mugs, but uh, uh, the sandblaster we use is packed away somewhere because we've moved. Mm -hmm. And we haven't actually got it out of storage yet, but <laughs> once that's back out and operating, 
she'll be back out to do more of those. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the mugs were a big hit. Uh, shot glass is always popular. And the shirts. Yep. And obviously this hat. Yeah, well, obviously the dollars. I had to twist your arm to get my hat now that I think about it. I wanted to be special. I want to be the only person wearing the hat. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I think there's only probably like three or four in existence. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's change the gears a little bit. Um, and uh, let's talk a little bit about Star Citizen itself. Um, does having such a large membership um, help or hinder test uh, when it comes to playing a game like Star Citizen? I mean, we know it's going to be an MMO. It's going to run... 24 sim 7 similar to a game like eve uh having so many people you know how do you manage that in a game that's actually very big uh it's been a bit of a hindrance at the moment due to lack of uh server meshing uh you know we're in a room and there's a bunch of people in the server say 33 people managed to get into one server and then over the course of an hour to you know another 20 30 people end up in the chat room go hey guys i want to join you well well sorry we can't just all get in the server now so it's been a problem in that sense, but uh, one day in the future, when they get this working and we can get everyone into instances or however they're going to mesh your service together, it'll work a lot better. Uh, I mean, the problem is essentially like you go right now into Discord and you want to jump in with a couple people you see playing and it says server full. So what do you do? I mean, they're off having fun and you want to get in with them, but the server's full and they're not logging out now because they're in the middle of an op. Mm. Now you're stuck on the outside and waiting for them to finish. Um, so I'm looking forward to the day where if we in an organization, I don't know how they plan on doing it, but if you have a base or you have uh, a fleet and everyone's in the same area, can 100, 200, 300 people all be connected in some way? Um, I think smaller orgs will have a lot easier. They don't have to worry about trying to squeeze in 100 people or so into a single instance. They can just jump in with their 30 or 40 friends and good to go. Uh, that is a technical issue we'll deal with when the time comes. Okay. Um, so, I mean, a bit of a hindrance in that you can't get everyone where you need them at the same time. But uh, again, if the game does what they promise and we do get server meshing like they explain we will, I think it'll be uh, obviously a major advantage to having 5,000 people <laughs> okay. rammed onto one ship. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Now, now you've, you've watched the evolution. We've all watched the evolution of Star Citizen and its development over the past several years, right? But can you, because I have a whole bunch, but this isn't, this isn't the Colossal show. This is the Montoya show today. <laughs> Damn straight it is. <laughs> can you name something you feel uh, that they've done right? And today we're talking about CIG. Can you name something that you feel that they've done right and something that they could have done better for the gaming community? Holy cow. That's, uh, oh my God, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> One item of each, please. <laughs> okay. Can I name things that uh, CIG, or rather CI, as they're called now, uh, Invisible G, the Invisible Enemy, G, <laughs> um, have done wrong? There's, yeah, look, okay, let me start with Dan Wright, because that's a short list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to bash tosses in too much. Uh, the fact, but here, it, it ties into it, right? Because they are in a very unique position to make something which doesn't come out very often. In fact, I, if it comes out once every 10 years or every 20 years, maybe. But uh, Chris Roberts is in a position where he says, this is how I envision this game being, uh, and I want to make it this way, and he can do it. The funds are unlimited at this point. 
uh, every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. If tomorrow they come out and say, yeah, we're putting out a ship, a new Taveran ship that looks like the Milano from Guardians of the Galaxy and it's going to be $200. Dude, just 200 bucks. I'm buying that right away. Yeah. <laughs> like the funding continues and continues and they've, they've really hit a sweet spot in that. And so when it comes to the marketing and just the spot they found themselves in uh, from a business perspective, you have to admire that. What's happened here will be discussed in business schools uh, and will be in a course of uh, Kickstarters and how to uh, promote a business for decades to come. They'll look back and go, look how these guys did it. That's insane. Um, so definitely what they've done right, and a lot of people are critical about the marketing. They go, oh, you know, it's brainwashing. They're tricking you. It's a sunk cost fallacy because now you're invested. You have to admire what they've pulled off and they continue to do it. So that is impressive what they've done. Um, and that ties into also what Chris Roberts wants to see. Because you remember originally the plan was that if you see a planet, you click on this point and there'll be a loading screen and they'll go on rails. We'll take you to the clouds, the clouds, the loading screen, and they'll put you down on the spot. And now you're on the planet. And Chris Roberts said, you know what? Let's do procedurally generated planets at every single mountain and valley and cave. You can actually see from space and go down and do that. How long will this take, guys? And his engineers go, well, first of all, you're crazy. Second of all, it's going to take two years. Third of all, it's going to cost another $200 million. And Chris Roberts said, well, okay, let's do it. And here we are. So it's great that they pushed the envelope of what games can be for PC. We were all starving for good space sim PC content, which did not exist since Wing Commander days, which I didn't play. But uh, we've been starving for it. And here it is. Now, it's not perfect and it's taking a long time what they could have done better is been more i don't even know if they could have been more accurate with the time because i mean we all remember 2016-17 we thought that squadron 42 is around the corner here we are 2020 uh we were supposed to get a video about some kind of tease about squadron 42 where is it so they run into issues all the time uh, you know and here's the advantage and disadvantage of the funding model they have is that there's no deadline. You know, Cyberpunk has a deadline. We gotta be out by August because that's when we are funded up to and has to come out. And so they will polish, they'll do everything they can to get at that time. Star Citizen doesn't have that timeline. They can say, we are working on this now. And oh, you know what? This new thing came up, they'll be really cool. This might take six more months and might take another $5 million. But you know what? We have it, we have the time and we have the money. So good, money coming in good, bad they can keep on always trying to improve things uh but again from what we've seen and from the game loops we've seen and uh especially since they put up the roadmap we have a much clearer picture of where we should be the roadmap we have now this system should have been in place from the very very beginning there was a patch was a three point from 3.0 3. i can't remember there was a period of six to eight months where there was complete silence and we had no idea what was happening because there was no roadmap to stick by. At least with a roadmap, we have a picture of what they're trying to do. And I know people get pissed off when they take out this item and push it through the next month. But at least we have a vision and see what they're trying to do, and it's happening. So I got Scuba Steve saying between 2.6 and 3.0, I think that could have been the period. So, uh, yeah, lessons learned from CIG is if CIG could go back in time, if they can invent a time machine, which they could do for another $200 million in five years, and go back in time, uh, a roadmap from day one, clearly outlining where they need to be, uh, would have made a huge difference, at least giving us an understanding of what they're trying to do. Uh, but look, there's no excuses to be made. Uh, they messed up a lot on promising things which did not 
come out. Uh, we know why uh, certain aspects of the game, which they said would be happening in 2016, have not happened. And uh, I mean, just having a better understanding of where they needed to be from day one. Uh, Chris Roberts needed to bring in managers. He needed to bring in people that could say no to him. Uh, we have that now, but in the early days, that did not exist. Uh, I mean, I could speak for another hour on that, but uh, let me know if I've covered some of it. Good. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good to me. <laughs> um, this Our year. Game was soliloquy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this year, um, due, to, due to the COVID uh, epidemic, uh, CitizenCon has been postponed till next year. And we normally would have been in Los Angeles uh, in like October, probably. I think it would have been for October. Um, do you feel that the cancellation of CitizenCon will speed up development, particularly for Squadron 42? Because we know that they have to spend a lot of time and resources prepping for that. Uh, or do you feel it won't make any difference in the development for Squadron or for Star Citizen? All right. So they do bring key players to Star Citizen events. And they got to be there for a couple of days before and a couple of days after. And everyone drinks to get drunk. So there are some days which I missed. But overall, what is a missed week in the bigger picture? Not much. Plus, there's still hundreds and hundreds of uh, employees still working on things while the main guy, the boss or the manager might be out at CitizenCon. It doesn't mean that his entire department has come to a halt. There's still 5, 10, 15 people working beneath him still doing everything that needs to be done. And we have this magical thing called internet and telephones and FaceTime where you can talk to the guys still at the office and they're into an issue, they can call him. And so work continues without the head of the department still there while he's giving his talk at CitizenCon. So I don't feel CitizenCon is a big hindrance. Um, a lot of people bitch and complain that they should focus on making the game and start going, stop CitizenCons. But CitizenCon is an essential part of the community and the glue of this community for us to interact with the, the employees there and uh, also for the rest of the org leaders and those of you in organizations to meet face-to-face -face with people in your orgs. And this is something I forgot to mention when you asked me the question about... Uh, about running the organization, the challenges. And the challenges are essentially, like I said, you know, just the interpersonal relationships. And face-to-face -face meetings in CizenCon are so important and essential to building those relationships with uh, your fellow org mates and for org leaders with the other guys in their org. Um, it's one of the things which I actually consider that one of the most essential times of the year for every single org leader to be uh, available to, if possible, for them. Um, so yeah, definitely a big hit for Star Citizen not having it. Uh, the biggest hit is for the orgs themselves who, you know, look for the entire year to get together. You talk to, like, I, I speak to Griffin daily almost on Discord and, you know, CitizenCon is the one time a year we uh, get together and uh, talk shit about other people. Yeah, we don't <laughs> talk to each other when we're there, so it makes a difference. But <laughs> um, exactly. jo Joshua, Moonshiners, Kovix, thank you guys for the follow. Appreciate it. Um, you know, interesting you mentioned about that, Montoya, because I didn't realize how strong the social dynamic was when I went to the con. I was pretty much thinking, you know, this was all going to be about going to the event at the center, but it, it was more, I, I think that was almost like one third of the time that I was there. The rest of the time was uh, everything from the bar citizen that happened the night before, Test Squadron sponsored a barbecue at someone's home, which was really great. Um, spent a lot of time getting to know people. Uh, which was which was very very cool. Uh, there was even the benefit of being able to share rooming with people who were members of the org. Where if I was not a part of an org, I would have been down oh, that, there. That was so a horrible long. mistake. Never yeah, I know. Room. Yeah, you, you know. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> but the fact that I was able to do that was it made it easier for me to come down and also to get to meet people that were there. So, and I also find it unique to a game that has not been out yet 
that each year the con has grown more and more. There's more and more people coming to it as well. Uh, you know, we don't really have that final product yet and still people definitely uh, spend money to travel globally. And when we were in, um, in LA, Meyer came from the UK. There were several people that flew across the pond uh, to come and that was four years ago. Uh, so it's, to me, it's interesting that there's that much commitment, you know, to going to something like Citizen Con. Yeah, yeah it's definitely, uh, sorry, Colossal, you wanna say something? No, I just wanted to say thanks for the raid, Kimmy, appreciate it. Yes, Rick, thank you, Kimmy, appreciate it. There's just two people, what the hell? <laughs> Hey, there's two more people get than out there and get more people. There's two more people than <laughs> what we had. Let's say hello. We're happy for it. Take that right back. We don't want it. <laughs> it's so um, yeah, before Colossal was so rudely interrupted, uh, absolutely correct. <laughs> uh, again, it's the the strange, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look back once the, this game is out and we turn 15 years into it. What? got all these people together to fly from around the world to go to Texas or to go to LA and attend an event for a game in alpha. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's a fascinating marketing question. It's a fascinating business development cycle, which they have. And uh, like I said, I think this will be studied in business school for decades to come. Okay. Yeah. Right, so mm -hmm. I have the utmost honor to ask you one of the uh, best questions in the world. By the way, uh, the number is 12, by the way. And here's the question. The question is, would you care to give us your prediction as to when Squadron 42 will be announced and when Star Citizen will go into beta? <laughs> I think we've uh, learned from Chris Roberts' mistakes. Uh what happens when you make predictions right that's why we're putting you on the spot <laughs> oh I mean, here's what so give me give me one second i just hear a child calling my name <laughs> i just want to let you guys know that uh i have had sex and produced <laughs> children <laughs> i have proof i can hear it coming uh, out of uh, <laughs> one second my whole prediction yeah i know it'll be interesting yeah. to see what uh, okay. uh -huh. um so all right this is actually a funny question uh, here's a funny thing uh i just had a, a comment on one of my youtube videos this is like a 2018 video where i said that i think squadron 42 will be out in 2019 uh and i had a comment uh just recently on that video i don't know why it showed up on my phone from i mean people go back for some reason and the the comment was cringe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, uh, I don't, I don't want to pretend to understand exactly what the delays are or why. I think we were, as we all know, we we're all supposed to see some part of Squadron Forty Two shown to us, and uh, what we think happened was there were some spoilers which Chris Roberts didn't want us seeing, so they're redoing the video for us before they put it out to us again. And uh, look, until it actually comes out, we won't get a, a real answer of what exactly the delay was. Um, where the best we have to go by is what we have in the roadmap for Squadron 42, which is what Q4 for a beta. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think uh, because of coronavirus, uh, I don't want to say they'll use it as an excuse, but I'm going to say they're going to use it as an excuse <laughs> for Q1 uh, 2021. Um, at this point in time, I don't think we'll be surprised. But in, in all fairness, I think shifting work for people to work from home uh, has caused some delays and may have caused some delays. So if we do see an announcement that it's going to be Q1 to 2021, then uh, I'll, I'll 
I think it's expected at this point. I don't think any of us are going to be shocked. Uh, at this point, I just want to see the beta. And I think once we have a beta, we'll have a much clearer picture where it goes from there. But I can't actually make a prediction at this point. Okay. Well, that was a nice, honest answer. Like I said, I, I said it earlier, 12, 12 months. Well, okay. Cosmic Trader is saying Star Citizen Q1 2020, 2022. Uh -huh. so Ooh, I 2022. Ooh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Wow. Oh, Star Citizen, he said. Okay. That, yeah, I'll buy that for a dollar. Okay. All right, we got some questions uh, from the audience. Uh, uh, what's your name, that Cosmic? What's your name, Montoya? Yeah. Um, one of the first questions is, given how big Test this is from FastCard, given how big Test is, many people, as with Star Citizen, are hoping to see it fail. Uh, what is your response to people who say that, and what are you doing to prevent that from happening? What am I going to do to prevent Star Citizen from failing? It's not no, that no, <laughs> Test Squadron. Um... <laughs> yeah, so that's that's an interesting. Well, this is actually a, a question that can lead to an hour discussion. How much time do we have? You got thirty seconds. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> you got a couple of minutes. Um, I find this strange. The uh, I was going to say. Is, is it I was going to call it cancel culture, but then you'll shout at me for getting to politics. <laughs> the, uh, the, the strange subculture that's developed that want to see the game fail for the sake of saying, aha, I told you so. Mm. Um, it's alien to me, the concept, because there's games I don't like that I don't play. Mm -hmm. And I've never gone, I'm trying to think of a recent example. The most recent one I can think of is No Man's Sky, which uh, this is after they fixed it. And people are saying, now it's good. So I bought the game, jumped into it, landed on the first planet that said I had to collect this some black stuff to make this uh, steel plate for the engine to take off. And I did that, and I made the steel plate, and I took it from the... And I, you know, an hour into the game, and I, I wasn't into it, and I go, this is not interesting to me. I, I, actually, this is stupid. Uh, unpopular opinion, because people do like the game. Uh, and so I refunded the game. And after refunding the game, I have not been back to a subreddit, a forum a YouTube channel. I've not been anywhere that talks about No Man's Sky. I'm just not interested. Mm. That's just how I deal with things I have no interest in. Mm. So for me to see people dedicating hours upon hours upon hours to bash Star Citizen, um, it's weird. What, what are you gaining from this? So what's happening in your life that you're dedicating so many hours into trying to convince people that this is a scam that is going to fail and it's not, never going to be a game? What's happening in your life that this is what you're doing with your time? Uh, and look, I'll confess, I just don't understand those kind of people. I have better things to do with my time. But if this is what you dedicate your life to doing, is sitting there in the channel and telling people the game's a scam, never going to be made, well, okay, that's on you. Now, the thing is that uh, if you had said this game's a scam back in 2014, well, all right, 50-50, who knows how the funding will go. By 2016, it's still going on, still more funding, game is still happening, less of a scam. By 2020, where we see we're closing in on 300 million right now. This is going to be a record year. Uh, is the game a scam? No, we are in the game. We are playing the game. There's more game loops coming in all the time. There's no systems coming in all the time. There's more things happening in the game all the time. In fact, there's guys right now in our Discord who spend hours upon hours upon hours playing the game every single day. Those numbers not dwindling, more and more people are joining them every single day and also playing the game more and more. So there's not going to be a point in time where they'll go, Today, the game is out. Yeah. There's not going to be that time. The thing is, it's a long, uptrending path that more and more people will just be playing more and more 
and more game loops come in and more systems come in. And before we know it, there's people playing for 1,000 hours, 2,000 hours uh, in the game. So in that sense, it is not a scam. The game is out. For some people, the game is out. For others who are waiting on maybe bounty hunting, on data running, or on exploration, they don't have the game loops in. But when those game loops are in, those people will be in. Uh, so, again, I can't speak for why people... Actually, I can speak for why people want to see it fail. Some people want to see the world burn. Basically that. Some so, people walk along the beach to see a kid building a, a sandcastle. They go down there and kick down that sandcastle because that's the kind of person they are. Other people want to build a sandcastle. They'll go back and say, here, kid, let me help you build it. There's those people who want to destroy and just shit on things and those people who want to make the world better. Okay. I think that's the, the division we see. Well, that was a, a good answer uh, yeah. to the question that wasn't yeah. asked. Uh, Check my so, notes. <laughs> burn the world down, make yes. Wait, no, <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. Actually, I like the answer you answering that question, but I think they were also saying that there are people who feel that way about Test Squadron. Like it's so big, it's no way it's going oh, to sustain absolutely. itself. You know, it's, it's no way. Saying, okay, this I understand. Okay, <laughs> when I started Test and we had a hundred members, and Imperium was spoke to before. Imperium was a large mega org. 3,000 people, faceless organization, mm -hmm. they are going to fail. And I was the one saying, Imperium is too big. They will fail. The org is crumbling already, is what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I was saying that is to make me feel better about my small organization, because look how bad those guys are. They may have 3,000 members and beautiful forums, such an active community, but the cracks are showing. They will crumble any day now, is what I was saying, because I was trying to make myself feel better, you know, and just shit on other orgs to make other people think that they really suck mm. but as we've grown now we're on the receiving end of that so when we had five thousand members you know test squadron is too big we're going to fall apart any day now when we had ten thousand members again you know we were going to fall apart apart any day now when we hit fifteen thousand, well okay that's way too big we're going to fall apart any day now <laughs> so it continues i just let you guys know that we're close to falling apart any day now <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair Eight years later. <laughs> yeah, we're still falling apart, right? Okay. You know what it is? We're in a constant state of falling, like orbit. When something's in orbit, it's always falling, right? That's yeah. where we are. <laughs> Colossal, have you got the questions open? Uh, nope. Okay, don't worry about it. Uh, question from Callius. What is the most enjoyable thing for you as a leader of Test Squadron? And what do you like most about the org and the people that are in it? There's an assumption there that he likes us, guys. So we'll have to see what happens with here. Yeah, I love that question. Um, I, I can't be everywhere at all times. So while I might be out doing a bounty mission with uh, three or four other people, there's things happening in mining. There's thing happening in. Uh, there's a jailbreak happening, and I love seeing when people post up a picture and they go, "Hey guys, we just did a prison break," and they post a picture of like six or seven guys decked out in yellow armor, you know, uh, standing triumphantly at the exit of the prison, and they go, "That looks awesome. I love seeing that." And I love seeing people having a good time playing together. And I love seeing the, the pictures and the video they put out of what a good time they had, which was originally one of the purposes of uh, the, the media outreach we had in the org was just uh, there's going to be so many people doing other things. How do we know what's happening in different areas, different divisions? And just seeing people post stuff up in our Discord and on the forums, I think uh, we were stranded on a planet. Who was it in that video? I heard you laughing in it where the Carrick crashed oh, to the ground and tumbled yeah, in. a bunch of us, yeah, that went down. Yeah, so the, that know. stuff, you know, that warms my heart <laughs> when I see people laughing and having a great time just doing what they're doing in the org. Uh, that's my favorite thing to see. Okay. 
And we'll take one more question, actually. Uh, this is from uh, one of our soul citizens from FastCard again. He asked, at the barbecue at CitizenCon 2016, you kissed him on the forehead for his birthday, and his head has not been the same since then. He asks, can that be the same, said the same about your lips? Uh, that is a very clear memory to me because it was a hot day outside and he was sitting in the sun and his head was very sweaty. And when I went down to pick him on the head, I got a wet, sloppy kiss out of it. I can still taste the salt on my lip. <laughs> and actually, I was just thinking about that because SizenCon is generally around the time of Foscott's birthday. So we're going to be That's missing right. his birthday this year. So sorry to miss it, Foscott, and uh, we'll make it up for your next one, right? Yeah, you're right. He usually comes down and celebrates a couple of days beforehand. Uh, he was looking forward to it this year. So, uh, yeah, we're going to miss out on that with uh, hanging out with Fast yeah. Card. And a well, next year, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are going to wrap it up. Uh, Colossal, you got anything you want to ask off the top of your head? You could, This is the first time you put him on the spot because everybody's watching him. Is there anything you want to ask him? Uh, I, I just want to, uh, you know, my model is shoot first and beg for forgiveness later. This is the time that I beg for forgiveness. So... <laughs> <laughs> Here I come. Say thank you to my Toya for allowing me to pepper him with wonderful questions, and I appreciate that is the that. most insincere comment I've heard in my life. <laughs> I know what you really feel. <laughs> no, thank you. It was yeah. it was a privilege to ask you these questions. Thank you so much. Lies again. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Griffin, for having me on to ask. <laughs> oh, as always, man. Uh, to reload, nerdy. Thank you guys for following. For all of you who followed tonight and subscribed, we really, really appreciate it. Shiner's got to say it again. So happy to see you. Hope you're doing well. I think you're still out on the West Coast. Is that correct? And if so, I hope you are are doing good. And for everybody who tuned in, uh, appreciate you guys spending this Sunday evening with us. Montoya, uh, again, could you let everybody know where they can find you at on Twitch or Twitter or wherever it is you want them to look for you? Sure. And also a plug um, for uh, Test Squadron, too. Yes, thank you. My, my OnlyFans page is... Um... <laughs> <laughs> TestSquadron.com for our forums, which is a great place to hang out and meet people if you're into forums. Uh, Discord.gg slash test is our Discord. Uh, we have a new platform we're on called Gilded, Gilded.gg slash test. Uh, we're there too. And obviously, Robert Space Industries, if you go in the orgs, uh, you'll find test uh, is the org ID on there. Oh, Twitter, Montoya underscore test. I've been using Twitter more actively uh, the past couple of months. Mm, I think, oh, YouTube. Strangely enough, it's called Test Squadron, which is the channel name. I think that covers the social media. You know what? You didn't talk about, just real briefly, would you talk a little bit about um, State of the Squadron? Because you didn't talk about that at all. Well, about what it is? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Actually, State of the Squadron was supposed to be a show I did quarterly. I said, once every three months, I will put on a show filling everyone in on what happened in the organization and uh was, i mean i've never had a youtube channel i've had no interest in having a youtube channel or being on a camera in any way but i thought it'd be an effective way to reach uh, a larger audience that um, might not be, all be online at the same time so that's how that started uh the youtube channel started up specifically for state of the squadron and it's kind of grown into a bit more beyond that but essentially it's a show that uh, will more so be involved in just updating everyone on things happening uh, and this is actually the, the line I use, things happening in and around Star Citizen and Test Squadron. So when you wake up in the morning, and Test Squadron you know, has three Bengal carriers, we had three Bengal carriers the day before. This morning we have two. What happened? Well, you know what? Here's the footage. 
while you were sleeping. We were attacked by this and this and this. Here's the footage of us losing the Bengal carrier. Here is the retaliatory strike we had against that. These guys are mining. Check out this amazing rocket fight. I want to put all this out in the YouTube channel. So everyone who, it's going to be impossible for everyone to be everywhere, but at least you can see what's happened in different aspects of the org uh, around the universe that will exist. And uh, basically just keep everyone in, in touch and up to date with everything. Okay, very cool. All right. Colossal, I don't know. Is there anything you want to put out there social media-wise or anything? Or are you uh, still invisible, keeping your incognito state? <laughs> yeah, I'm still invisible. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you all pray for the prices of webcams to go down so, so Colossal can buy him a good webcam because I know he is not going to pay $400 for a webcam at any time. I've seen him stream with a 4K <laughs> cam. He's lying. Is there, there's something, there's something, something going on there. I'm still waiting for Logitech to yeah. bring out this stuff. <laughs> Face wear. Got that 10% card. Oh, wow, you're waiting. Okay, well, let's hope it happens then. <laughs> All right, and again, uh, I'm Griffin Gaming RPG, and again, we really appreciate you guys being here. Hopefully, uh, next week we will be, oh, next week we will be doing our show. We've been, each month we've been taking on going back and watching one of the Citizen Cons as we head towards Citizen Con 2020. There is still going to be a Citizen Con, it's just not going to be a place where we could go as an expo, but they are going to still do stuff. But next week we're going to be doing 2015. So for all of you folks who never saw that or you old timers, you guys join us next week. We will be going through CitizenCon 2015 and reviewing what was going on back at that time and whether it matches up with what we have right now. So again, thank you guys for joining us, for, for hanging out with us on a Sunday night. Please take care of yourselves. For those of you who are praying people, pray for our nation and all the craziness that's going on and things will get better and better and better in our world for that matter because we got folks watching from all over uh, what's world. happening out in the real world is something happening no not really no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway we're gonna do a raid let's see who we have on tonight and we've got that's somebody we haven't hit before let's hit red lear he's uh no 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 we're gonna do this funny who's doing star citizen so let's go to now they don't need any hits i think um, pink sparkles is on no that <laughs> No, we're not going to go to Pink Sparkles, but we will support Red Lear because Red Lear is definitely a Star Citizen streamer, and uh, we're going to bounce him. So you guys give a shout to Red Lear, and hopefully we will see you guys back next week. Until then, we're going to say peace, love, and soul, and everybody have a great week. Take care of yourselves out there. See you soon. Take care, guys.